Love's coming at you on SAFM. Rugby's coming at you now. Let's talk to the Springbok women's captain, Babalwa Lacha. How are you, Babalwa? I'm very well, thanks, John, and such a pleasure to be with you tonight. How's your Spanish so far? Have you been practicing? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Why am I asking? You, you went to Spain for how long before the, the whole COVID's decided, all right, we don't want to talk to you anymore? Yeah, I, I was in Spain for about three months, um, and that was cut short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I returned um, a month uh, earlier than okay. than agreed upon, and uh, yeah, that was uh, how it went. What was it like, finally going pro? Well, if I have to, on- to be honest with you, um, John, it was quite a, a massive achievement on a personal front. Mm. But, uh, you know, the, the bigger picture was that, hey, finally in South Africa, we have someone who's, um, who's gone pro. Um, I think rugby's grown tremendously on the continent as a whole. But in South Africa, we have someone who's finally done it. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, it's a great step for women's rugby in this country and this continent. Yeah, first African women on the continent to play professional rugby. That's, that will forever be a little star next to your name. That must be amazing for you. Indeed. Um, it, it's just every time I think about it, actually, I just, uh, you know, I just realize the magnitude of it. But again, I think that it, it speaks a lot to, to the talent that, uh, you know, South African women rugby has. And it's just a matter of, of um, you know, presenting the opportunities to a lot more. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, my seat really is, is a, a door opener. Many others. Mm. All right, let's go back a little bit, Babalwa. How did it, how did rugby start for you? <laughs> uh, by chance, actually, <laughs> um, I started playing rugby at the University of the Western Cape uh, with, with Sevens. Uh, about two or three girls approached me and asking if I wanted to join women's rugby or not. And uh, at the time, it was unheard of for me that uh, you know uh, girls actually played rugby. Mm. And being the curious individual that I was. Um, I went and checked it out, and I was told that, hey, we're heading to Pretoria that weekend, and I'd never been outside of the Eastern Cape or the Western Cape, so going to Pretoria sounded quite <laughs> enticing to me <laughs> at the time. So I went, and um, we played the tournament. It was USA tournament, um, which is basically an inter-varsity tournament yeah. held annually, and, uh, man, I think the proverbial rugby bug hit um, a bit. Um, at that time, I instantly moved, and I just, I just wanted to play rugby, nothing else. And the progress from from playing some intervarsity to to pulling on that Springbok cap? Um, it, it was quite a man. It was quite a, a huge adaptation for me because um, within a period of five six years, I went from never playing rugby before to playing sevens to mm. provincial fifteens to national international. Um, you know, rugby. So I had to adapt uh, quite a bit and, and learn as quickly as I could. And, um, you know, over the years, so much has happened. I captained Western Province, senior women, and I went on to um, to captain the national side and ultimately being the first African woman to play professional rugby. So in that six-year period, just such a lot has happened. And um, honestly, John, I could never have done any of that if it weren't for the support system around me, you know, mm. my family, my community, the community of the University of the Western Cape first introduced sport to me and uh, my mentor and, and, and coach. So many people contributed to 
So the Baba of Achimu today. That was going to be my question. What sort of family support have you been having? <laughs> it's been amazing, really. My dad is quite an avid footballer. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, my whole family, I was a former footballer as well. And when I introduced the sport of rugby to them, it was... Um, you know, quite new, but uh, they, 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 we love sport at home. We, we you know, we, we love anything that has to do with it. And, you know, my family just supported me, like, right off the bat. Um, of course, you know, every every weekend or every other weekend, I come back with a black eye or blue. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> my family never really, you know, um, had anything against that. Always been supportive because I think that they sort of understood um, what I stood for right from the beginning. What position do you play? I'm a tight head prop specialist, is what I'd like to call myself. But uh-huh. I can double at eight minutes and seven from time to time. Tight head prop specialist. And you're the captain. It's not normal, especially in the men's game, it's not normal to have a prop as your captain. Well, you know, I think uh, leadership goes further and beyond the type of position that right. you play. I think that, uh, you know, my coaches and management team saw something in me from a leader, leader, sorry, leadership perspective. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. I took over from Nolusimi, so boy, who's a veteran in, in, uh, you know, in South African women's rugby who was injured. And uh, I've learned a lot from her as well, exceptional leadership skills. But I took it, uh, you know, um, I took it upon myself to, to, to make it my own and to, to, and to wear the captaincy on the end of pride. And uh, the one thing that I always drive home with my teammates, or at least that I try to drive home, is the fact that it's quite important to understand that why we do what we do. You know, we've been playing the sport because we love it, but open above that, it's because we know for sure that there's a young Baba Lala somewhere in Kali which are watching and inspiring, um, you know, to, to represent the country or to do the same, even more than, than I did. So, that for me has always been one thing that, from a leadership perspective, that I've always, you know, tried to drive um, in my team. That what we're doing is not for us, but it's for our communities, it's for our nations, for our countries, so it's for our continent. Chatting to Springbok Women's Captain Babalwa Lacha. You can get involved in the conversation as well. You can call us 0891 SMS 41391. Uh, Babalwa, let's talk about that time in Spain. Very short time. Are you going to be able to go back? Are there plans to do, to do another season there? Yes, definitely. My contract has been renewed with Excellent. them. Um, initially, I went uh, on the agreement that, um, you know, uh, everything would be performance-based. So mm. they developed my performance and uh, decided whether or not to renew. And um, judging by, by my performance, I mean, 13 tries in 10 games, um, they decided that, you yeah, know, definitely we should renew, they should renew my contract. And so they did. So provisionally, I'm set to return to them in um, December. Right which is just a couple of weeks before the season starts in January. So I'm quite looking forward uh, forward to that, and I hope that there won't be any disruptions this time. Yeah, and it's, it, the English English rugby or European rugby started as well, so I imagine you're, you're willing to go and, and getting a little bit excited there. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to go, um, actually. Very much excited, but not a, obviously not neglecting my duties as a national captain right. and as a national player. And, you know, we're due to return to camp as well later this year, so that takes priority. Just tell me again, how many tries you scored? <laughs> 13 tries in, in 10 games. 13 tries as a prop in 10 games? Correct. Okay, that is the most... Well, I don't know about the women's game, but the most in men's game for a prop is 11 tries in 91 matches. 
Well, I, I think globally the game has evolved. It's <laughs> yeah. continuing to evolve. So we really, and it's not fair, we really can't, you know, box in props, right? Props have evolved. <laughs> yes, They're a lot so. more agile. They're a lot more, um, you know, fast than, than is traditionally expected. So, right. hey, let's not let's not discriminate <laughs> against the You're, props now. They're not the, <laughs> not the big fat ones like they used to be. You guys are athletes we, now. Not at all. We're more lean, lean machines <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, look, Tony Woodcock of New Zealand's only scored 10 tries. So you've scored more tries than Tony Woodcock has scored, and he's played 105 games. Oh, wow! Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it speaks to the to, to the work rate. Well, the, the stats the stats speak for themselves. No. So. Okay, so so you're off to Spain, but it's 2020. Women's football have finally got a league. We'll see if that goes ahead based on all the COVIDs. But you're saying, and it's about bloody time. Am I allowed to say that word? I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to. <laughs> uh, that women get a professional rugby league locally, right? That is correct, and that is um, a dream of mine, and I believe it's a sentiment that I that I share with many other South African, uh, you know, uh, women rugby players. Um, the last time we participated in in a World Cup um, was in 2014, and the aim for our, if you want to call it that, um, was to in fact redevelop our, our women's women's rugby systems and regrow it. And I think, uh, you know, we've done that. Mm. Um, we've passed the developmental stages now and we've established youth training centers across the country. Um, you know, with uh, just the 2019 season alone, about 10,894 registered players. Mm. So for me, that paints a picture that um, we are more incapable of um, establishing a, uh, a professional women's rugby league. And I firmly believe that with the right uh, financial backing, um, you know, we can get it up and running. And mm. um, currently we have the Interprovincial League, which is um, uh, which is uh, a provincial league, in essence, where across the whole of South Africa, all provinces are senior women's rugby player. In essence, it's just, it's just the women's version of the Karika. Now, mm. I'd like for us to commercialize it in that regard and actually call it the Karika get sponsors on board and, uh, you know, uh, put it on the same level as the actual curry cup. Um, I think it's, it's long of you Look, if Spain can do it, mm. and they're ranked <laughs> yes. in the world, yeah. and South Africa is ranked 13, uh, why not? Mm. Um, you know, I think that uh, we need to, to take a lot more bolder steps in, in, in growing our sport. And we've come a massive long way, John, over the past 15 years, mm. and I'm extremely proud of that. But... I honestly feel that, uh, you know, uh, women's health in this country is a sleeping time. That's just waiting for someone to tap it on the shoulder and wake it up and add some sort of, uh, you know, commercial value to it. Mm. And uh, it can blossom. I, I firmly believe this. It's interesting you say that about Spain because it, as we, we like to see South Africa as, as, a, as a rugby leader. This is an opportunity to, I know New Zealand are doing it, Australia got their leagues as well, but it, it's time for South Africa to be a rugby leader and say we're standing up and we're creating this great women's league. It would mean so much to the world and to the sport, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely, particularly because we are a three-time World Cup winning champion mm. um, or World Cup winning nation. You know, our, our last uh, performance at the World Cup, uh, you know, uh, meant so much and we ultimately brought it back home. So I think that that should speak and translate into the women's game as well. And, you know, uh, we, sh we are a rugby nation. We are world leaders when it comes to rugby. And I think that that should reflect with the women's game as well. All right, Babalwa. Springbok Women's Captain Babalwa Lacha. We've got a voice note for you here. Uh, evening, Sean. 
My name is Leon and I'm from Hotbeck, Cape Town. Uh, can you please ask your guest, Ms. Mbabalwa, uh, what would she say to the youth of today? Would she advise them to play rugby? Uh, and what would she, what does she think is a is an improvement government can make to promote women's rugby? Right. All right, two questions there. I don't know if you heard it, Mbabalwa. What advice would you give to young up-and-coming rugby players? Well, the first thing, um, you know, would be that, look, I believe that, uh, you know, young female radicals, in fact, young sports people grow up to be young independent leaders. Therefore, it's quite important that we encourage them to take part in sport, particularly young girls. You know, uh, parents should allow young girls to take part in sport. Um, so, to, to them, I'd say this, um, everyone is born with a gift. Everyone has, um, you know, a, I call it a song in their hearts mm-hmm. that's planted in them from birth. So it's important that you listen to it, you know what it is, and you get in touch with it, because there's, I believe that uh, there's so much that we can do as youth if we just listen to our, to our inner voices and just, you know, tap into the greater gift that was born within us. Some it's in sport, some mm-hmm. it's in music, something, what have you. So it's very important that as youth, we are not afraid to express ourselves within that and, and, and be who we are because in essence, the world is for us to conquer. And I think if we acknowledge who we are, acknowledge our gifts, acknowledge our talents and work at, at improving them constantly, we can literally you know, take over the world. So go for it. Whatever it is that sets your heart on fire, just, just go for it. And I must urge parents and coaches to please, mm. please encourage youth, please encourage young girls in particular, you know, to just go for whatever it is that they want. Rugby, uh, I know I know many parents that won't let their boys play rugby. It's dangerous and you hear horrific stories. Mm. What, you know, I, I imagine it's even more difficult with girls. Girls are, the, girls are the quiet, soft ones. They become fairies and wear pink all the time. I think that's what we are raised to believe. That's what we are groomed to believe. I've, I've uh, learned that that is not the case. I remember <laughs> when I was growing up as a little girl, I was nowhere near a fairy. I never wanted dogs, but I wanted trucks and guns and what have you. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it, it's a myth that I think that uh, my life story has debunked it, uh, you know, several mm. times. The more we box in, you know, young girls, is the more that we deprive them of act, of actually realizing their true potential and just living out their true potential. So, again, man, just let the young girls be. In fact, let young boys as well be, mm. you know, because not every boy is going to be interested in, 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 in cars and trucks. Similarly, not every girl is going to be a little princess who likes pink, but instead they'll grow up to be strong warriors who are fearless on on, on, on this earth. So um, I think those are just stereotypes and myths that we need to continuously break down, not mm. only as athletes who participate in non-dominated sports, but as parents, as teachers, as coaches, everyone the, the the question was also about what can government do to help the sports i don't know if it falls under government's gambit or or does it do you think there should be more emphasis on on school sports and making sure that girls at a young age are, are given a chance to play the sport mm. in all honesty john i think this is a collective um or it should be a, a collective um effort i think that uh 
from grassroots levels that schools and primary schools, the game of rugby should be introduced. I think that uh, at senior level, the game of rugby should be pushed a lot harder. And, um, you know, I feel that administrators have a, a, a huge role to play in that. Even from a government perspective, I think that if we could have policy in place that speaks directly or that pushes directly, um, towards advancing women's sport as a whole, not only rugby. Um, I think we could get quite far um, in this country, you know, your sports committees, your departments of sports or, or, or arts and culture, you know, I think can play a lot, a lot more mm. um, pivotal role in that. And actually having policy in place, and this goes not only in South Africa, but the continent and globally as well where we can have, I'm going to make an example, for purposes of broadcasting, get the media on board, have policy in place that speaks to the fact that perhaps maybe one in three or two in four, or maybe perhaps even 50% of games aired should be at least one or two games yeah. of, you know, women's sports, for instance. <clears throat> you know, so I think that, uh, you know, it's quite it's quite important um, that we, have, we drive a, a restorative or a reform um, policy. Look, we've done it with transformation on a racial basis, mm. and we've went on to win the World Cup with one of the most reformed, one of the most transformed teams in the history of Springbok rugby. So, I think if we can take that, copy and paste it with women's sports, but not on a on a racial basis, but more of a gender equity basis, I think that we can get far in this country, in this world, um, actually, because. Man, it's high time that the world actually started to sit up and, you know, take note of, of women's sport globally. All right. We haven't even touched, and we're running out of time. We haven't even touched on your G Sport Award nominations. Let me run through those. Finalist for Athlete of the Year, Women of the Year, and the Global Women in Sports uh, Award as well. Uh, those awards are just a few days away. What, is, what does being nominated for awards mean to a Springbok captain and somebody who's playing internationally? It means a world of a lot, John. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means that, you know, women's rugby, one, two, women's sport as a whole is getting the recognition that it deserves. And it's been 15 years of G-Sport Awards, a fantastic celebration of women in sport, of, of sporting excellence. And um, I think G-Sport has been doing a phenomenal job at that. I, I keep saying this because it's true. And, um, you know, I, I've been immensely inspired by Tembu Khatlana's of, of, of throughout the years, your Castus Menas mm. were both, um, you know, phenomenal in actually take, um, in walking away with top prizes and, um, you know, to be nominated in, in, in the same category that they have been is just, you know, exceptional uh, for me. I still get goosebumps just <laughs> thinking about it. So I'm very much looking forward to the 31st of August when the winners will be announced. Mm. And what I must say is this massive congratulations to all of the nominees and the finalists. What a decade women's sport has had um, in this country. And I'm so proud to be part of, or at least to be one of the people who are celebrated in that regard. Just quickly, Sierka and Corsi sent us a WhatsApp saying, it's no surprise that Babalwa is the first African woman to play professional rugby. She's in better shape than two-thirds of the men in South Africa, with a smiley <laughs> face. <laughs> that person probably knows me personally. But, <laughs> here there, but thank you for the compliment, are you are you up and at him and training and and putting in a full eight hours worth of work these days to to get ready for the season? Mm. Um, I have been doing that since before the lockdown since right. I returned. Um, you know, particularly 
uh, as a professional player, there's no time for rest. You can't be caught um, you know, on our laurels, be constantly on the go, constantly preparing our physique to be in tip-top condition should um, the time come where we can ultimately return to play. And I'm looking forward to that. Been working extremely hard. I'm sure the rest of the Springbok women's team have been doing so because yeah. we are heading to a World Cup next year, which is one of the grandest competitions in, 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 in women's rugby history. So we got excited about that, and that has been one of the major driving forces behind my dedication to, to my training program. So the gent is probably right. I, I probably do. <laughs> I probably am in better shape than most men in this country, but. <laughs> That's 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 new here, you know, as I said. It's great chatting to you, Babola. Good luck for the G Sports Awards. Good luck for everything else, and I hope to chat to you soon. Thank you very much, John, and thanks for having me on your fantastic show. Have a good <laughs> <evening>. <laughs> <laughs> Springbok Women's Captain Babola Lacha joining us here on SAFM. Uh, that'll be podcast. We've got to podcast that one. I'll listen to that one again. Uh, it's great to start to Springbok Women's Captain. It's not every day that you get to. Yeah, we could. Fo- this is just a little thing. I bet you if we try to phone Sia Khaleesi, I wonder how long it would take to get Sia Khaleesi on an interview. But compared to the Springbok women's captain, I think that's just chalk and cheese at the moment.